Last week we heard that Jesus took his disciples and his followers up to the top of the mountain. And there on the top of the mountain he breathes a blessing to them all. And not just to them, but to the world around them. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. And he takes them up to the top of the mountain not to turn their eyes towards heaven, but to turn their eyes towards heaven on earth, that they would gaze out around the Sea of Galilee and see all the comings and going, and see all the people that God is blessing that the world would rather forget about. He takes them up to the mountain to draw them deeper into the world around them. And so this day, he says to them, the next part of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. But in the way that he had pronounced a blessing just before, proclaiming that we are salt and light is a promise and not a command. He says, you are already salt. Now, how many of you have salt that's gone bad in the cabinet? If you're like me, you probably have some salt that's been there maybe one, two, five, 15 years. Now, salt itself doesn't go bad. As long as it's dry, it's still salt. It's just sodium and chlorine put together. But we add in modern times all these anti-caking agents, all these other things, and those degrade over time. But the salt itself never degrades. Now Jesus is telling a joke. It's not a funny ha-ha joke. It's not a joke that translates out of 2,000 years of, well, language and culture. But he's trying to point out how can you not be salt? Salt doesn't lose its flavor. If it loses its flavor, then it's not salt. And you, he says, are salt. And not only are you salt, you are the salt of the earth. Now, growing up in Tennessee, if you say someone is salt of the earth, it can mean one of two things. And here in Scotland, if we say someone is salt of the earth, it's a high compliment, isn't it? It means that someone is responsible and kind and, and, and wise and an every man or an every person. Now, in Tennessee, it means that, but you can also say, well, he's off with the salt of the earth meaning he's off with the unwashed masses, because in the southern U.S., everything can be an insult if we change our tone of voice. But Jesus cuts across all of that. He says, now you are the salt of the earth. Wherever you were born, whatever your biology, your chronology, your ideology, your biography... He says, you are the salt of the earth. And in the same way, he says, you are the light of the world. And then he tells another joke, but not a funny ha-ha joke. Now, who of us would turn on a lamp only to cover it with a big bushel basket? Probably none of us, if we're good uh, Scots or, or Americans living in Scotland. We know how much energy costs. But if we think about first century Palestine, all their lamps were open flame. If you were to put a bushel over your lamp, 
you'd catch the whole house on fire. It's a ridiculous statement to make. And he's making the point, you are also the light of the world. Not you can be the light of the world. Not you should be the light of the world. Not you used to be the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Salt and light. I don't think it's any mistake that he chooses these two things to begin this preaching part of his Sermon on the Mount. The psalmist says, taste and see that God is good. You are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. The Caldwell Presbyterian Church in Charlotte, North Carolina had been a light to the world for many generations. They'd grown from a small splinter campus of an even larger church and they grew their building high and tall and their their program building with all the Sunday school classes was even higher than the sanctuary and at their peak they had over a thousand members on a Sunday morning and praise was raised and the church felt alive. But in 1999, there were only 10 members left. Now the town had changed and people had moved away and they had done everything right. But there were only 10 members left and the interim pastor stood up in the pulpit and he said, friends, this is our last Sunday. Next Sunday we'll be shutting the doors to this church and putting the building up for sale. And he said all the same things. You've done everything right and we celebrate the life of this congregation and it's coming to an end. And right as he really started to get into his goodbye, a couple at the very back of the sanctuary stood up and said, no, please don't close this church. We've just started coming here and we need a church home. You see, they tried everything. They had tried opening the doors to all kinds of different groups to get them to come in. And one of the groups that they'd opened the doors to was a Bible study. And these two people, this couple, were members of that Bible study. It was a white woman and a black man. And they'd been run out of their home church. And they found a home to have a Bible study in in this church. And they started attending and they liked it so much they said, please don't close the doors This could be our church home. And we know other people like us who have been driven out of their churches too. And so right then, there on the spot, very un-Presbyterian, they decided not to close the church. And they didn't. They realized they were, just for who they were, these ten senior statesmen, not a one of them under 75, young folk, realized they were salt and light and God wasn't finished with them yet. And this day, in just a few hours, there will be 300 people who go into that church building because they realized they were salt and light and God wasn't finished with them yet. Now that story doesn't automatically translate to any other church, but it does tell us a few important things about being salt and light. Now, not all salt is the same. Well, all salt really is the same. It's sodium and chlorine. But different kinds of salt have different minerals and they have different flavors. And you've got that Himalayan salt that they can charge you five times as much for. And you've got the organic salt. Isn't all salt organic? There are all kinds of different salt. 
and it has different flavors, but it's all still salt. And they learned that if they were going to be the body of Christ, that not everyone would worship the same way they do. If you were to go to church there this morning, you would find Presbyterian worship with a gospel band and people standing up and singing different hymns than they were used to. And they learned that they needed to be open to God's Spirit moving in new ways and being open to change. And when they were ready to shut their doors, they said, what have we got to lose? And so they opened up the church not only to other Christian groups, but there were other faith groups that needed a place to stay to go good works, and so they opened up their building to that, and this beautiful big program building that they built for the glory of God and, and probably their minister's ego, well, they've converted it into affordable housing for the neighborhood. Because of gentrification in Charlotte, no one can afford to live around them now, and so they turned the big building into apartments and flats affordable housing that was kept clean and tidy and safe so that any family in the area, if there was space, could find a home and a place to stay. Salt and light. The message for us from Christ is don't ever underestimate what God might still be doing in your life. That's why Jesus doesn't give us a command. He gives us a promise and a challenge. You are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world and God isn't finished with us yet. Last week I challenged you to think what might your beatitudes be? What might you need to ask God to bless in your life, in your world, in your community? And this week I simply would ask you how are you salt and light. Not are you salt and light, not were you salt and light, not will you be salt and light, but you are salt and light. How is God using you in this world? Because friends, you each have a gift to give to the world and to one another. And if we're honest, you even have a gift to give to yourself, to remind yourself that God never began to love you. And long after all we know has changed and gone, God will still love you, for you are salt and light. How are we asking ourselves that challenge and promise to help one another and to help the world taste and see that God is good. Amen.